0: Now, without further ado, this episode of the Daily Reprieve.
1: 1993, and um, I think when I think of this topic, I think the greatest joy I experience uh, as a gift to is knowing and. that I am doing God's will uh, in any given situation, like, for example, coming to this to this convention. Um, but it really began in 1993 when I began to come to grips with the fact that I am a sexaholic. And uh, one of my favorite lines from the AA Big Book is, uh where it says, we are in the world to play the role God assigns. I don't see much about democracy in that. Uh, and um, accepting that I am a sexaholic has been a journey and, and to some extent goes on today. But accepting that that's my assignment, I have two choices in life. One is to be a sober sexaholic, the other is to be drunk. Those are my two choices. I've lost my legs, I'll never grow new ones. Um, the image that I had early on in my recovery was that my wife and I, for the first 12 years in our marriage, had been acting as if I had legs. And once I got into the program and immersed myself in the literature, I had this vivid image when I woke up one morning in... uh in the king-size bed we had, which was hardly big enough for the two of us because we spent most of the time on the very edge wishing we weren't even in the same house back in those days. And I had this awareness that uh if we'd known what my condition was, that she would get a wheelchair and bring it around to my side of the bed so I could get in it, and then we would proceed with the rest of our day. And um, when we got to the breakfast table that morning, I doubled over and I wept and I wept and I wept because I realized I had compassion for her and what she tried to live with for uh, the 12 years we'd been married, and I had compassion for myself trying to act as an able-bodied person. So it's amazing that joy can come from truly accepting that I am a real sexaholic and no longer resisting the notion that I need the monitoring and support of a program day in and day out for the rest of my life. So that's a joy. Um, I, I wrote down, knowing why I'm on the planet. I used to wonder, why am I here? I have no doubt anymore. And my kids would hear me say, you know, I love my wife, I love them, But if I lost those, even though I would grieve their loss terribly, I know I have plenty of reason to live for. I have purpose and meaning in my existence because I am a sexaholic and I have a a mission on this planet. And that's to carry the message and and live the message. Um, And this program allows me to do that. Um, There's this... You know, the, there's this line in the big book that says, our worst nightmares, our worst uh, tragedies become our greatest, most precious resource. In other words. And, and so I put, knowing how the hell I lived in and created for so many years can be put to good use. That brings me great joy. Because before it was just a curse and I had no clue how it could be used. Um, so the quote, that actual quote is, my dark past is the greatest possession I have. I did not believe that when I walked into my first meeting of sexahomists. My dark past that no one had a clue about that would have ended up as headlines in the newspaper is my greatest possession today. The key to life and happiness for others. With it, I can avert death and misery for them. That's why I'm here for for my own uh, uh, freedom from the death and misery. I came very close to death, insanity, and prison. Those three, I came very close to all three before God found this program uh, for me, brought me to this program. So uh, other gifts, that's the problem of not having my own timer going. How many minutes? Like two minutes. Well, the rest of this page, anyway, that was, uh, so, uh, the gift of no secrets, sobriety, knowing that everything starts with sobriety, and even though I acted out for 32 years in a fatal progressive way, that I now, by through the tools and fellowship of this program, have been sober for 22 plus years. There's just no price you can put on that, uh, and the joy it gives to me. Um, the ability to make amends and reconcile relationships that had been broken for years with my father-in-law. I wished he was dead, my wife I wanted to strangle. Uh, uh, those relationships are, are in good uh, state now. The fact sex is optional, how could that be a joy? My wife and I practiced abstinence for two years when I got in the program. And later on, she liked the idea so much, she took hold of it and we practiced it for almost four years. At her initiative, that was a little threatening. Um, sex is now an enjoyable thing, not a compulsive and misconnecting experience. Uh, service helps me get out of my bondage to self. I worked as a... a with the corrections uh, facility committee for five years in SA, and it was some of the best five years of my life serving that, in that position. Um, the joy of uh, phone calls—I try and do thirty phone, thirty minutes of phone calls a day. Live calls with sexaholics—I think of it as blood transfusions. So with that, I am finished. That's one thing the program helps me do is stop talking somewhat. So with my
2: thank you William that was very nice I, uh, I wish I had opportunity to prepare a little bit this is very extre- extemporaneous but we just
1: talked about how good that is we like it
2: we do like it in fact it's the best <laughs> it has kept me uh, from uh, long term sobriety for a lot of times uh, i have only a little over a year right now but uh, my life could not be any different than it was back then I mean I was always a nice guy, and everybody thought, "Oh, that Mike's fantastic." <laughs> but little did they know, you know, down underneath the uh, the surface, there was a stormy veneer, or a stormy maelstrom of lust going on. And, you know, the secret life and the secret thing that uh, makes you feel like, "Oh, if they only knew, you know, what's going on in here, they wouldn't think so highly of me." And uh, nowadays, that's so different that. I have nothing to hide, like you mentioned. I have the same passwords as my wife for everything. I hand her my phone whenever she wants it to use it, and I'm not worried about any text or any history on there that's going to be a problem, or in my car or anything like that. There's there's nothing I have to hide from my wife at all, and that's a freedom. And there's many other things like that. Um, I do nice things for her. It makes me happy. And uh, sometimes in the old days, you know, you'd do things for your spouse because you thought there'd be a payoff. You know, you'd have sex late or something, something like that. There's always like a little, you know, not maybe direct manipulation, but a sort of a tit-for-tat or some kind of a cajoling going on. And, you know, that is a completely different aspect for me now. Now I, you know, there's one definition of freedom I heard that was something like... Um, the only freedom a person could ever know is doing the right thing because you want to do it. And, uh, and that's the kind of way I feel about when I'm doing good things for nice things for my wife. Uh, the other kind of thing would be, you know, about making love. I always had a calendar. Oh, it's been three days. Oh, it's been five days. Oh, it's been two weeks. Oh, it's been something I, you know, and, um, nowadays it's I don't even consider that it's like it's just happens naturally if it's gonna be you know um, once a month once every couple weeks or whatever it is it just when it happens it's very nice and um, there's not that calendar going (laughs) and that's another freedom you can just let go of a lot of things and further off a lot of the you know most of the promises have come true for me I'm out of a job and all this kind of stuff, but I'm not really concerned, you know, the economic freedom, you know, put away a little bit of money so I don't have to be too stressed and, you know, I just don't, you know, I have hope and no worry. And I tell you, I would not have it without the program. But uh, the prayer life and the program has been a big heart of that, um, that joy. And I look forward to so many things in the future. I mean, I just... My whole life is, you know, in terms of uh, my Christian faith and uh, how that brings me joy. And uh, before, you know, I felt like, oh, gosh, you know, God knows. (laughs) God knows what's going on in there. (laughs) This can't be good. (laughs) But now it's like, you know, even when I was doing some slipping, it was like, you know, I was not quite the, uh, the addict I once was, and now it's... Way better. I'm not. I'm not nearly the addict I was once ten years ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I couldn't be more grateful to the program and uh, helped me um, put myself in service for this convention. And I couldn't be happier. It's been a a, a lot of work, but it's been a joy.
0: I'm
2: done.
1: Thanks, Mike. So
2: I don't speak up very loud. That's my, one of my character defects.
1: It's picking you up <laughs> Okay. Good. well. So it's now time for the sharing. It's now time for the sharing portion of our meeting. In the spirit of the fifth tradition, to carry this message, this session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not tamper with the recording equipment. If you want to share, please come up and sit in the chairs to the side of the table. Please leave the microphone on the table. In sharing, we encourage you to focus on the topic of the meeting. Again, the joy of living the program, and I know... A lot of you have joy from that. In participation, we avoid topics that may lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions or sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and 12 traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. If someone feels another member is getting too explicit, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Because some... Occupations in the state of California are required by law to report certain crimes, as they cannot guarantee legal confidentiality for any unprosecuted crimes disclosed in our meetings. We encourage you to tell your story in a general way, as described in AA Chapter 5, how it works. Please keep your share to two minutes, um, and please come forward if you're interested can if your insides don't match what you see on the outsides of others, then please come up here and sit and, sh- and share. <laughs> Hi,
4: uh, Levi, sexaholic. Hi, Levi. I was reading in the White Book on page 23. I discovered that uninsulated by lust, sex, pills, alcohol, or entertainment... I was a very marginal person and would have to begin growing where I had left off at the age of eight. And so the pain began. That's when I saw the truth of another paradox. We have to suffer to get well. And I was reading that just recently, and I got pretty angry at everybody in the program because they never told me I'd have to give up entertainment when I came in. Um, And then that second line there, we have to suffer to get well. And I I started realizing what it was going to take in this program. And then yesterday I was on the beach and the sun was shining. I'm from Alaska, so this is a nice change. Um, the sun was shining, you know, I and it was just like, man, I, I didn't realize what I would have to give up when I came into this program, you know, entertainment and, and a whole host of things, basically free will. And Standing on the beach, I I realized what I'm, what I'm gaining from this program. You know, nobody told me that I'd be on a beach in San Diego in January. So that's, that's really cool. I, I've just found so much joy being in here. I was just in the, uh, hitting bottom meeting and there was joy in that meeting, which is a beautiful thing. You know, just in the shares and the pain, but also the fact that, you know, they, they're getting through. And, uh, I just really appreciated what somebody shared, uh, you know the past is called the past because it has passed, and each day is a new day. So, thank you. Thank you.
5: Thank you. Hi, my name is Israel, and I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Yisrael. Um, my sobriety date is December 19, and um, I'm grateful for every hour <clears throat> since that since that day. Um, the joy that comes in. <clears throat> excuse me. The joy that comes into my life is, uh, it's nearly constant and it seems to come from inside of me, uh, but it manifests itself in reasons that I would, that simply I wouldn't see if I wasn't sober. <coughs> I was on a plane for six hours from New York and, uh, no videos didn't, you know, and it was, I had to ignore the couple that was sitting on my side and, uh, uh they kept the windows shut for the plane. I don't know why, they, whether, whether they're wondering about people looking in, but, I had to keep my eyes on myself the entire time and I had a great time. I was listening to music, program speeches, and it's something which I wouldn't be able to do if I wasn't sober. I wouldn't be able to just listen, read a book. Um, I also went around to play and found some other program members. Um, and I just went over and just, I, I was just euphoric for half of the ride. And, uh, I, en- I enjoy so many things being sober. I don't, can't really understand it. I don't have to understand that I'm happy. And I I need to be constantly insulated with joy and gratitude um, against my disease. I wrote a gratitude list, and these are things I can't do if I'm not sober. So I get joy out of a lot of little things Uh, constantly. I'm crazy over my kids. Um, My kids seem so much cuter when I'm sober. And my wife is so much nicer when I'm sober. She's always nice. She's been a terrific wife. And I just, I just see things differently when I'm sober. That's just the reality. So it's not like reasons or logic or something different happens in my life. It probably may have been there before when I wasn't sober. I just don't see it. And that's the blessing. That's the joy. It's, I need constant happiness. Um, my, my sponsor says I need to be careful. That Even when I'm happy, I have to surrender it. I don't really get it, but that's what he says. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks. Thanks.
3: Good afternoon, everybody. <clears throat> I'm Adam Sexaholic. Appreciate being here. Uh, I was looking at the program. I'm like, okay, do I go to the spiritual basis of addiction or the joy of the program? Um, and that just kind of kind of plugged in my mind that that uh, uh, we don't always see this. I don't always see um, the spiritual basis in, in what I'm doing and the spirits are the spiritual gifts in what I'm doing. Uh, because so many times my brain just glosses right over those because they are gifts to me. They're gifts um that I get from working the program and um I, I appreciate the 12th step which tells me that a spiritual awakening is what I re- receive as as a gift of working these steps and that's what it is to me I can start seeing those things that that have been given to me that I enjoy uh, it's not something that I did um uh one of the things I like to say in the program are miracles are available because that's what my higher power is all about and, uh, and that it kind of opens, it opens me up to seeing those miracles that are alive. And I've had so many since I've been in the program. People just, you know, and I'll know a lot of people have, have those experiences too, where somebody just sits down next to you and next thing you know, you're having this conversation that I, I could have never had in my entire life until I got in this program, uh, and appreciated what the steps have done for me and who I really am without hiding, uh, without hiding my faults and my, uh, and, and the weaknesses, the things that I was doing to myself. So uh, I really appreciate the spiritual awakening that comes as a result of these steps. Thanks. Thanks.
6: Thank uh, you. My name is Nick. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, uh, yeah. hey. uh, I appreciate this topic a lot. I uh, went to the Chicago conference this last fall and. Uh, and just experienced the joy of living the program from others who had had, you know, just, uh, lots of recovery. And, uh, it gave me a, this sense of hope. I've been in the program for six years and I've seen it. Um, but I just feel like my, you know, my eyes were, uh, opened to a greater degree. And I was able to see this, uh, happy, joyous and free, and just seeing the fruit of the 12 promises. And, uh, and it is just—it was so inspiring for me that you know, and, and just r- recognizing for myself, I don't just want sobriety. I don't want just to refrain from these behaviors. I actually, I actually want the recovery. I want the Twelve Promises. I want the the joy, the happy, joyous, and free as as fruit in my life. And uh, and uh, yeah, I just and I appreciate also just the introduction and how um, how the the worst things that i've done have through this program and my higher power have become my greatest assets and by them i'm able to set others free and uh and that's just that's like the ultimate vengeance against my enemy and i love it and uh (laughs) uh and so yeah i just i'm I'm, i love this topic and uh, i'm excited to see um I've noticed that as I work my program, to the degree I work my program, is the degree I receive those promises. And so it's, and that's addictive in itself. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm thankful to be here, thankful for everyone's shares, and uh, I'll pass. Thank you, John. I'm, I'm John, I'm a
1: 608. Hey, John.
7: Uh, One of the things, uh, I've been in the program, I don't know, five years now, and I've got uh, almost two years sobriety. Uh, And I've had my ups and downs throughout the whole thing. And uh, and this topic of the joy of living the program, there has been some payoffs, uh, which is one is a much better relationship with my wife. And uh, I always thought for years that she had to change. And one of the things he kept referring me to was in the blue book, there's a, a little story about acceptance. And it's kind uh, of paraphrase, but it's uh, you have to realize that uh, everything that happens God's, in your life is God's will. And uh, you're, it got me out of my head of always trying to judge everything and realize, wait a minute, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. And uh, that's really contributed to the joy of my life.
8: I'm Mark Sexaholic. Hi, Mark. Um, When I first came into this program, I was depressed, lonely, um, but I had a job. No, I didn't. I'd just been laid off. The Great Recession had just started. And um, my wife found out what I was doing because I'd left the computer turned on. And uh, uh, she was horrified. And so uh, uh, when, I finally, when I finally found SA, about a, two weeks after that, um, I suddenly realized I came in with a bunch of people that had the same exact problems that I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any friends I was not happy. Um, I, I was questioning, you know, life. I mean, why am I here? Um, but since I've been in the program, since I got achieved sobriety about a month after I started, um, I have found everything that this program has asked that, that said would come true for me. Um, the biggest one being fear of uh, uh, release of the fear of financial insecurity um, has been a biggie for me and um recently it's kind of stuck it came back again because uh i've been forced to uh one of the things that us boomers have found out is that our parents are living longer than they have in the past so as a result i've got a 93 year old father and a 97 year old mother and i'm in charge of their financial assets and i haven't had any training in that i mean i'm a finance major from college but i've been an electrician most of my work in life And now I'm responsible for that. And that's creating me a lot of anxiety. So, um, this program has basically said to me, let God take care of it. You just, just do what comes up that has to be done and let God take care of it. And I had to, and I quit worrying about it. And, um, so that's one of the big things that has, has hit me lately. It's been one of the, one of the real benefits of the promises. And, uh, but the best part is that the fellowship that I've gotten from this program, it's its 100% different than when I meet somebody at the golf course or at the grocery store or uh, wherever. Uh, when I meet people in this program, it's really fun, and it's brought me just a tremendous amount of joy and happiness. And um, one final thing... Um, the wife gets in her program. She gets the recorded programs from this thing, and we we're listening to a conference from about four years ago. And here were guys from the program who are not in the program now, telling us how great the program is and how they're going to make the program the rest of their lives. So be careful what you say here. You know, five years from now, your, your friends will say, "I remember him." So, uh, anyhow, thank you for letting me share.
9: Hi, I'm Mike, a sex and lust addict, and uh, first of all, I would like to thank the the two leaders as well as everyone's shares, um, because I've been in the program for 10 years, uh, but the the, the promise and the joy of what I'm hearing and seeing in this room really just really motivates me to want to keep going. Mm -hmm. For so many of these years, I have worked on, focused on being sober. Um, and it seems like in the last few months I've suddenly begun to dawn on me uh, after rereading and rereading the literature of our program that being sober isn't necessarily healthy and you know I've really begun to enjoy the idea that I have a program that not only helps me not do things which it has helped me now for you know a few years not to do things but it is also a program and a fellowship of tools that help me to do things. Uh, and I am now beginning to understand the joy that I don't have to fix all of that resentment and anger and critical nature and all the other character defects that are surging to the surface as I put away and I don't do some of the things I've done in the past. I don't have to do those on my own. Um, and for so long I have thought I did. And uh, the tools of this program, the uh, the sharings that I have heard already today in this me- in the various meetings I've been in, have helped remind me that I can work with my higher power, work with the tools of the program, and become better. Mm-hmm. Second area of joy is I don't care how grumpy I am, tired I am. I don't want to go to meetings. I don't. I am just irritable, and I walk into a meeting, and almost inevitably, I can walk out of those meetings feeling better. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea whether or not. I do any good for anybody else in that room but just being in those rooms with all of you make me feel better so my, pl- my plea to all of you is just keep coming back because I need you um, mm. and it is a very powerful aspect of my life and my other last joy as well is I no longer have to fear my wife sitting down at my computer picking up my phone or looking at any of that stuff which is what she was the great grace of my higher power That led me to being discovered. Uh, She was planning a uh, 50th birthday party for me 10 years ago and ended up kicking me out of the house and getting me down to my knees to realize I needed to do something different. And I did. Uh, I'm alive. I am sober. And I am continuing to very slowly recover. But it is such a wonderful journey. And all of you make it just that much better. So thank you.
10: Thank you.
1: If your heart is beating faster, that's probably your higher power.
11: <laughs> i already forgotten
1: what I was going to say. Good, <laughs> it
11: Well, uh, I had something really good to say. My name is Jason. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Jason. from From uh, North County. That's for those who aren't familiar. That's San Diego North. And so. Uh, yeah, I uh, I got to admit that uh, this is really flabbergasting because I honestly don't remember what I was going to say. So we'll see what God wants me to say. I was never a very joyful person. On my own, I'm not a very joyful person, and uh, a little bit of a depressive, glass half empty if there's a glass at all, and... Uh, I'm, what I'm thinking about, because this is the topic, is really specific. Joy of living the program. The program. Program, by the way, as I understand, means taking the 12 steps. Living the 12 steps. And, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but I go in and out of living the program every day. There's many, many times when I'm not a member of SA. I'm not. Don't get me wrong, I'm not acting out, I'm not doing anything like that. But what I mean is my spirit is still uh, believing in materialism. And me getting my way and getting out of the way who people want, people who don't want me to get my way. And uh, what I find is that I contrast, I have to contrast what that's like experientially and when I'm involved in anything connected to step work. And that can flip from one to the other very, very quickly. I mean, outside the rooms, I don't know where I'm going to be half the time. And, uh, the comparison is huge because there's, for me now, there's no joy in living apart from conscious work on the steps. It's at best a little like, um, eating junk food as opposed to getting nourished. It's really pretty amazing. So that was the share. I remembered it. God bless you all. Thanks. Thank you.
12: Hi, my name is Kyo, and I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Kyo. You know, I was sitting here before this started, and all of a sudden I realized that I had lost my iPad somewhere. I was in a convention before uh, where I've, you know, lost things. But here, when I thought, hmm, where did I leave my iPad? And I just step, walked through the steps, and as I was walking... I felt this great warm, the feeling that I'm going to find it. I'm with a group of people whom I can trust. Something that I walked away with when I walked into these rooms many years ago. For me, this is my safety. I grew up with fear, a lot of fear and shame and all the other things that, that I have, baggage that I had walked in with. But joy of recovery, or um, well, I should say joy of this program, is that uh, <clears throat> I've learned through the people that I could shed many of those things. And uh, it's a journey for me. Uh, it still is. Um, my character flaws and my family origins bring it up. And, uh, but in the past I've ran to my addiction and now I don't have to, I can feel that comfort peace in those moments. And I've actually learned it through these rooms and co- meetings and uh, conferences and sponsors and step works and sponsees and again and again. And, uh, I, I have a, I've been married for 35 years almost, and I have to admit that uh, I can look at my wife and say I love her. Now, out of those, I would say about 30 years, 29 years, I thought she is an enemy in the sense that she made me feel the things that I felt. And it wasn't her, it was me. So the recovery gave me my life back. So anyway, thanks.
10: Thanks. <laughs> Duster sexaholic from Utah. Um, hey, Duster. I was in a meeting in another fellowship this week and uh, a guy in there said, you know, sobriety is overrated and he started talking about recovery and, and, uh, and particularly in that fellowship, it seems like there's some that focus on recovery because they can't get sobriety. But um, And so I called him up later to have him explain. And, and really what he meant is just sobriety, just shooting for sobriety um, is no fun. And Because uh, when he was shooting for sobriety, he was trying to get his wife off his back or somebody else off his back and just, you know, I'm clean, you know, accept me. And he had to separate from his wife and, and really come to grips with things. And and when he's shooting for doing whatever he can to get God in his life, he's so much happier. And he said, yeah, sobriety's got to be the base. But if I'm shooting beyond that and, and working the program and, uh, like you say, getting trying to get God in his life, he's so much happier. And and I agree with that. Um, I grew up with basically what you'd call a dry sex drunk. And he was miserable. And he made everybody else miserable. Um, our relationship probably why i'm here so i guess my dad helped me get into the sa um in a, in a roundabout way but uh, yeah watching him drive for i don't know how many years and just hating life um, and the joy that i've i've found in in shooting beyond just sobriety and, and really working the program and and coming to to find that sex is optional Um, because then I don't set up expectations, which I've learned are just premeditated resentments. Um, Because if I'm expecting something from my wife and she doesn't provide it, then I I have that perfect reason to to resent her. And uh, um, there is a lot of joy in the program, and I'll take another 24. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor.
1: Great chairs.
13: I am Vince Sexaholic. I was summoned. <clears throat> the joy of the program that I have found. Um, I, I was thinking about what a person shared a moment ago about the connection almost instant connection uh, I get when I meet a fellow sexaholic uh, you yeah, know i hadn 't really spent a lot of time thinking about that, but it 's absolutely true because um, I feel an instant kinship with uh with them, like thank God someone understands me, you know type of situation. And, uh, it, it, it really is a lot of joy because I can be more honest and more open with a complete stranger that I've just met. But by virtue of the fact that I know that they're a sexaholic, uh, I instantly get them much better. My, my guard's down. My apprehension is down. I don't feel like I have to put on some kind of facade. I can just really be myself and really honestly talk about the things that, matter most to me because they are the things that are constantly going on inside my head uh always and so you know being able to get those out into the open and 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 share them that's a that's a huge plus for the program thanks for letting me share thanks
14: I'm John. I'm a sexaholic. I'm from uh, Tempe, Arizona. Hi, John. And uh, I have a lot of joy in my life today, much more than I used to have. I first came into SA in uh, August of 1990, and I got sober at that time. However, and uh, But I only stayed sober about three and a half years, and then I lost my sobriety. And I had sobriety off and on. In between those years, my sobriety date today is um, July 10th of 2010, and my life greatly changed, and I am so grateful to God for the phone call that I got from my doctor that said, John, you've got stage four prostate cancer. Because that was the kick in the pants that I needed. Because I knew I did not want to face my maker hanging on to any of that crap from my past. And that's when I made the decision that this is it. Lost all of it had to go. And that's when my life... Really changed, and today I'm free. Uh, I'm also (laughs) cancer-free, by God's grace, and so. uh, But God used that, and 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 I needed it. I really did. I needed that kick in the pants—a real hard, swift kick in the pants—and I am so grateful for that today. So, thanks.
0: Thanks, John. Hi, I'm Tim, a grateful recovering sexaholic. I've uh, been blessed by the opportunity to actually come and attend this wonderful conference. Actually, one of the joys of recovery is actually attending these conferences and actually listening to the wonderful shares from everyone. Uh, I came from a nice, uh, warm state of Utah. Actually, I think it's warmer here, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the joys of actually working with others in the program. When I first started the program, I was extremely self-centered. I didn't want to talk to anybody. In fact, I didn't care about anybody other than myself, and I didn't even realize it. I was so so self-centered. But as I work with others and I listen to others and I reach out to others, that's where I find the biggest joy in my program. When I can make calls every day, check in with others and just find out how they're doing, and to receive calls, that's a miracle. I mean, any calls I received were generally somebody asking me for something uh, and before. And now it's sponsees asking for things that I can actually assist them with. In other words, something that I can give them joy and happiness in doing. And it's just so much more fulfilling in my life now. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for everybody that enters SA. Before I was scared to death that I'd go into SA and I'd find somebody I knew. Now, I pray that somebody I know will actually enter the program. It's the exact opposite now. And so I just love it. And uh, I just love this wonderful program. It's an absolute miracle in my life. I'm so grateful to God and his assistance in this program. Without him, it would not be possible. With that, I'll take another 24. Thanks.